Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning from 7 38 we appreciate you getting up and listening to us uh, i am one of your hosts here eric cox with the lovely and talented wait you're not leslie Oh, but I'll take the lovely and talented. Uh, Byron Stahl, happy to be here, Eric. I'll give you the talented part. All right, how's that? Uh, but we're I'll definitely ta- missing uh, Leslie here this morning, but glad to have you in today, of course. I'll take what I can get. Who's become quite the regular on this show is our co-host, um, Mr. Byron Stahl. Welcome. Uh, another exciting morning. Here we are in mid-October, hard to believe. Uh, the year is about done. We're winding out. And we've got another great story of entrepreneurship today. Uh, unfortunately, you didn't get to be with us over the last couple of weeks. I know you were listening tunely to the radio each morning or th- via podcast. Um, so why don't you walk us through what uh, last week's show was all about? Yeah, so we had Jack Hibbets on the last couple of weeks. And uh, again, good friend Jack, known him a long time. Uh, he's one of the partners in Hibbets Insurance Group here in town. Uh, ironically, two shows back-to-back that we had of family homegrown businesses. Uh, we had Bob Martin from R.J. Martin the week before, and both of those guys grew up as kids in their family's business, ended up in the business, and now run the business. And so uh, interesting to see kind of destiny from day one on both of those guys. And Jack, I thought, did a great job sharing some insights and wisdom, um, talking about a family-owned business uh, really an intriguing aspect he brought up in terms of his dad runs a division in Orangeburg. He's running Charleston, and his dad's ex-wife is running Myrtle Beach. And even though they went through a divorce throughout the business process of how, as business owners, they are very close and have made that thing work. So a really great show to listen to. And uh, as an investor, because Jack is a consummate entrepreneur, he's part owners in several restaurant groups like O'Brien's here in town and invest in a lot of different areas. And I love his statement. He said, as an investor, he doesn't look at the business to invest in. What he looks at is the people. And what a great statement to take away for those that are investors or looking to invest in in different areas. So in case you missed that show, again, you can go to our website at coastalwm.com, click on the radio icon, and you can listen to not only Jack's shows, but all of the shows that we've had on for the last four years. So who do we have today? We have over here Jeremy. Jeremy, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Hey, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here bright and early. Um, so, Jeremy Bollington, I am a local business owner. Um, made a transition, which I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot. From uh, twenty five years in banking in London and New York, uh, moved down to Charleston uh, three years ago now, and am the owner of uh, a couple of local franchise businesses, which we'll get into as well. That's what we're here about, right? Entrepreneurship, and I love those journeys, Jeremy, like yours, where. You spent a long tenured relationship in corporate like I did. 
Um, I always joke that it took me a little longer, I guess, to figure it out, right? And uh, love to hear about that transition and how that's gone and certainly what you're doing today. So we will get there. But before we do, we always like to go back sort of down uh, the, the the trail of history mm-hmm. and hear about the beginnings and uh, talk about, I know uh, you did not grow up in this country, so give us a little insight yeah, to if your you, upbringing. Uh, if you turn your dials up a little bit, uh, you might be able to tell from his accent that he's not from Charleston, South Carolina, so... Eric asked, uh, "Just tell us where you grew up." And yeah, sure. And, and uh, yeah, not 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 too much of a southern accent, although I am working on that. Uh, I grew up in the UK, uh, and then I always joke that I, I spent twenty years in New Jersey, and it kind of destroyed my my English accent. Um, but uh, grew up in uh, the uh, the rural southwest of England, a county called Somerset, um, beautiful part of the world, um, kind of in a, in a very rural environment uh you know my parents were uh were working class hard working um we grew up in a uh, a small uh family unit my my parents actually had uh, when they got married had moved from uh where both of them grew up in the uh the midlands kind of the coal mining district of, of england and had moved at the time a big move 200 miles south uh, southwest for really kind of work opportunities my my dad was a contractor um my mom was a uh uh, an administrator um and you know at the time in in england that was kind of a that was a big thing everybody grew up in you know sort of tight-knit family units generally uh and so i i grew up in an environment where i had a brother who was uh who's three years younger than me um my mom and dad we'd see uh you know grandparents and aunts and uncles a couple of times a year uh but it was very much that small uh tight-knit family family unit and i i always sort of joke that I think that gave me my sort of wanderlust to, you know, to move to London, to move to the U.S. Ultimately, uh, and I think the the move that they made when I was you know, before I was born, um, you know, kind of instilled that in me. I think. I know one of the questions we usually like to ask is about your relationship with your siblings. I know you mentioned you had three younger brothers. Why don't you dive a little? Oh, sorry, well, one younger brother. Why don't you dive in a little deeper? Yeah, sure. Um, he's uh, he actually uh, still lives in uh, that that sort of area that we grew up. Um, you know, we 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 stay in touch. Uh, you know, I think as um, you know, as kids, uh, you know, three years apart, we kind of had different interests, but but it was still sort of that close knit, um, you know, family family unit. I think. Uh, so, give us a sense of what kind of kid were you? Were you into sports? Were you studious? What was your thing? Yeah, good, good question. I think in uh, you know, I, I think one of the things my my parents instilled in both of us was the you know the value of hard work. I mean, my my dad was always working, whether it was you know weekdays for the firms that he worked for, or you know weekends. He was typically either doing something on uh, you know, in terms of our the house we lived in, or you know doing odd jobs for for other people around the uh, the community. Uh, and I think that sort of flowed through to to both of us um you know what did i do i, I played sports i was i was into cricket um that that kind of weird english game <laughs> with uh where people wear white uniforms and uh and and you know you get into conversations about the difference between cricket and 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 and, and baseball um but uh you know did that um kind of i was into into fishing a little bit um and you know kind of worked hard at school i mean i think those those were the the balances i think being from the southwest of the UK, did you have a favorite soccer, I guess, football team uh, growing up? Not, not particularly. Uh, there really wasn't much professional sport where cricket was the, you know, there was a big, uh, we were close to the, 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 the professional cricket team. Um, 
football uh, or soccer uh, was the, the closest big team was probably 30, 40 miles away. Um, so I actually followed a uh, one of the, the London-based teams. And give us a sense for uh, sort of the high school years, what that was like for you. And at that point in your life, were you thinking seriously about the future? Were you thinking about entrepreneurship? What was going on in that head? Yeah, uh, that, I think it, you know, it's sort of interesting in uh, in, in uh, looking at sort of the schooling system in the UK at that time, because actually, you know, kind of high school in the UK then finished at 16. Uh, and depending on where you went to, to school, you either had the choice of, uh, you know, staying in what was called sixth form or going to a, a sort of tertiary college for another couple of years. Um, but a lot of people left, you know, school at 16. Um, and the percentage of people going to, going on to college at 18 was actually really low um and for me i i I stayed in school uh from 16 to 18 but then actually started to look at what do i what do i do um and did not go to college at that point uh actually started to look at uh at what jobs were out there i think part of that was um just you know not not so much family pressure but just kind of the environment that that i grew up in it was the the natural thing uh and I, I started to look at, you know, what was what was out there from a you know, sort of development and career perspective, ended up uh, focusing on on banks. Uh, they were sort of some of the biggest employers in the local area and got two or three offers and uh, joined what was at the time a, a, one of the big UK banks, Midland Bank, uh, as a, a management trainee on a, an accelerated training program. Uh, and part of that, it was, you know, it was kind of interesting then. So I started at, at the age of 18. Uh, but you were expected as part of that program to, to go to school in the evenings. Uh, they sponsored it and you, you sort of achieved it over a four or five year period, the equivalent of a degree slash CFA, um, in, in U.S. terms, uh, qualification. So I, it was, it was sort of interesting because I had some friends that had gone to college. Most people had gone to work, um, and I felt like I was in that sort of sweet spot in the middle of, uh, you know, having what felt like a, a good developmental uh, job and at the same time, you know, studying as well to, to develop. Well, and that's a, what a great way to um, enhance your learning experience because you, you learn, you know, elements and then the next day you're implementing them in the field yeah. versus just theory that you don't use for many, many years later. Yeah, yeah. And I think tied into that, I uh, the, the bank that I was with um, – they were just really good at, at taking people and, you know, almost sort of guiding the initial five, six, seven years of development in terms of, okay, you, you, you know, next week you're going you're gonna to be moving to another, to another location, uh, you know, no discussion, just, just go, this will be good for you. Um, and that was really, that was really good. And since banking ended up being 25 years of your career, I have to go back to, um, I don't know if you gave us sort of, how did you end up? going into banking right there at 18 was that an accident was that somebody introduced you to that how did that happen you know i think it's it's funny because i i in thinking about this sort of discussion i i uh, I, I sort of think back and i think at the time if you'd asked me then you know would i be doing this in four or five years time at heck no um but i think i i sort of stumbled into it partly because i was i was analytical i was you know i was certainly very good at uh you know whether it's uh you know math physics those types of uh disciplines as opposed to perhaps more sort of liberal arts um and that seemed to be a natural um you know sort of direction to go uh and then i think it's you know it's kind of funny you say you did 25 years 
uh, you know career in that that space. It obviously changed you know, sort of multiple times, but you know I think every time that I got to the point of saying you know I should go do something different, something you know something positive came up, something in terms of developmental opportunity or just great you know role and opportunity would always come up, and you know before you know it. Time goes by. Time has right? ro- <laughs> rolled on. Yeah, the snowball just started rolling down the hill. So mm-hmm. tell me about those younger years working for the bank, going through the training program in the evenings and working during the day while your friends, I'm sure, are either at college or they're working. And you're doing, you're having to navigate doing both. What was that like? Yeah, I think, I think you know, I would say, um, you know, probably my, my, my social sort of group, changed and evolved anyway and actually at that that time in the uk uh particularly that that bag had this you know this great program and there were a lot of us that were in that program so you you get that that became your social circle actually i met uh my wife elaine through that she was working at the same bank um and you know you you ended up kind of you had a a, a group of people uh who were you know kind of on a similar track and you know that became you know your social circle as well and you know it was a it was a good time i mean i think it 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 uh the programs that were in place at that time were were really helpful to develop people and i think you know a lot of people ended up with with long careers you know that they could build in that uh, in that space. And by the way, in case you just joined us this morning, the voice you're listening to is that of Mr. Jeremy uh, Ballington, who's the uh, founder and CEO of JB Southeast Enterprises, a couple of franchises that you have that we'll talk about in a bit here in town. Uh, but back to your your banking experience, obviously it took you uh, across a, a lot of territory, time in London, back into New, you know, brought you to the states in New York. But reflect a little bit on just sort of the overall corporate experience. What was it like working in these big, large corporate environments, and where did the seed of entrepreneurship start to develop? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good question, and and I'm not sure that seed really developed until you know quite quite late in in, in my career. Um, I think in terms of working in that corporate environment, and I and I know listening to to one or two of your uh, your shows over the last uh, twelve months or so, I. I, I Sort of a couple of things that the guests have said have resonated in terms of my experience. Um, well, it's good to know we have a listener yeah. too. So hey. thank you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, the I, I think you know one of those things. One of one of the sort of turning points, if you were in in that banking career. I, I think about you know different roles that I've done and where did you you know where did you sort of really develop and learn. And I think probably one of those roles was I had the the opportunity to. Uh, this goes back to it was the late eighties, early nineties. Um, kind of tough time in the UK. It was sort of recession, uh, and Midland Bank at the time was uh, was having some issues. But I got the chance to work for uh, the head of risk uh, for the bank globally, and it was kind of one of those jobs where it was positioned as a, an assistant. And you know, you go through that. Gee, what does that mean? Um, and and my boss at the time said, "Go take it. It'll be the best two or three years that." You know, you'll learn so much, and he was absolutely right. It was you know, you were you were basically sitting in the room with the the CEO, the CFO, um, you know, your my boss at the time, the head of risk, and just learned so much about how this this huge corporate organization worked. But it was also it was interesting because Midland got acquired by what was uh, at the time the Hong Kong and Shanghai Banking Corporation, um, subsequently to become HSBC, and so I was. In, in in the middle of all that, you know, watching two huge corporate organizations 
merge, although it wasn't really a merger, it was an acquisition. Um, and so that was, that was fascinating to watch that. Um, and then really I got from there, I got the, the opportunity to, uh, to go into the field that I then spent pretty much the rest of my banking career. Up until that point, I'd been, you know, moving from different, different areas, mainly with a client focus, uh, running relationships, but I had the chance to go into, uh, a team that was, was running, uh, large cap, um, fortune you know sort of 250 500 type relationships um and i ran around the bank's relationship with people like porsche volkswagen um and that was just fascinating dealing with these huge organizations and delivering the the firm to them uh and that was really where then the opportunity came up to to move to the u.s there was uh, there was a position that came up in new york doing the same thing uh and my wife and i sort of jumped at that uh at that opportunity uh and it it sort of coincided with uh we just had uh, our second child um so a real you know change in uh we're going to change this change a lot right yep. get through it yep so what was that like changing moving to a new country with your family completely uprooting everything and moving to new york yep it's probably a good job that elaine my wife isn't here because she'd probably tell it a little bit a little bit differently she's coming on um, next week so yeah. <laughs> um so we, we, we literally, uh, as we were moving and I was going backwards and forwards between New York and London while she was still pregnant. Fortunately, I was, I was in the UK when, when she delivered our, our son, Alex. Um, and we already had one, uh, one daughter who was three years older. Um, but for me, it was, I, I think it was relatively easy because I, I was, I was working. Um, you know, you kind of throw yourself into a new, a new role, a new, you know, new work culture. And it really was very, very different in, uh, you know, in New York to, to London. Um, much, much harder, I think, for, for her, you know, arriving in, in, in the U.S. Um, you know, we were, we, we lived out in, uh, suburban New Jersey. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think I, you know, she would probably say that within two, three days of her arriving with the kids, I was on a off on a business trip, and you know she was left kind of trying to figure out where the super supermarket was and all the fun <laughs> all stuff, the, right? yeah, yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it was you know it was kind of funny. We we I would say after about six months, I think we made the decision that you know we we absolutely loved it in the U.S. I think I I always describe it as the the glass being half full here in terms of attitude and and the way people are particularly the way people approach business versus maybe being half empty in the uk um and by that i mean you know people are always looking for and and working on opportunity here and it wasn't always it didn't always feel like that in the uk business environment uh, and i know um as like I, said, I think about 25 years or so in the banking industry like a lot of people have experienced in this country um, you got to the point in, in the corporate world where you guys were faced with, um, restructuring and some of those changes. And so that's a, a moment certainly we want to talk a lot about how that came about. Before we dive into that though, kind of reflect back on that career in, in banking. Um, what would you say for our listeners this morning maybe is one of your greatest takeaways from your corporate experience? And yet on the other end, what was one of those things that you didn't appreciate about corporate experience? Mm. Yeah, I, you know, I think you touched on it right at the start of the the show in terms of um, you know one of your prior guests and and talking about people. Um, yeah, I think as I really the first time that I that I that I ran a team of any size was when I you know when I came to the U.S. Um, and I think from that point 
onwards i yeah it was it was essentially larger larger teams and 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 uh, you know bigger businesses and i think the one thing that that has you know stayed with me through through that and and certainly into the the new experience in entrepreneurship is it it's the the people are just critical uh, and i've always believed that it's it's get the right people on board figure out how to you know how to challenge them how to free them up and you know and generally good things will happen when you do that and, and i think that's and then i hate to go to the other side of the yeah. spectrum but we love to talk about that in terms of just you know as you look back on your corporate experience something that you take away or you can share with others this morning that uh you weren't as fond of about the corporate environment yeah i think you know i think a lot of people that that step away from it probably would say similar things i i think the you know ultimately as you get you know more senior in an organization um I think I'd say it's almost two things. One, you you tend to get if you're not careful, and there are definitely a lot of people in corporate environments that that actually need reminding on what's driving the business. Um, you know, you with a big organization, if you're not careful, you have a lot of people that are a long, a far, you know, ways removed from where the where the client is and where the revenue is generated. Um, and I think that's that's a challenge for any large organization. I think. Um, and then I think down to the more individual level, um, you know, you, you 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 have to if you're not careful, you end up focusing on you know politics and and positioning as opposed to again focusing on what's driving the the business, i.e. the the client, no matter what type of business you're you're in. Well, as you progress through the bank, at, you know, kind of piggybacking on what Eric asked a few minutes ago, what was the driver, the impetus. What? When did the seed start to plant for entrepreneurship? When did you start? When did the brain start churning? Yeah, that's. I, I you know, I think I'd, I'd mentioned earlier that as I went through my career, you know, there were always there were always opportunities that came up. Um, I think what, where as I look back now and reflect at, you know, how did I arrive at where I'm at today? What were what were some of the triggers? Um, I I. So I spent the vast majority of my career at HSBC. Uh, I left there in 2011, so just just under 20, um, two, 23 years there, uh, and I was headhunted by another British emerging markets focused bank, Standard Chartered. And why did I leave? I, I felt that I, I should have gotten uh, a position in 2010, early 2011, uh, having steered the bank through uh, you know the the 2008 crisis and and really turn the business around and i didn't get rewarded for that and at the same time i uh, had another bank coming asking me to to do a similar job and uh, and and sort of restructure their team and i think if i if i hadn't made that move to a completely different organization completely different culture had to start from scratch there is probably no way that i would have had the courage to to go out and do something different in 2015-16 when uh you know i was again faced with a, a sort of decision as to what what to do um and the story there was i, I spent four years building at standard chartered in new york a phenomenal time probably the, the most fun time i had over a, a four-year period um and then the bank ran into some challenges in asia and restructured and i'm i'm sort of looking for what next and at that point and you know it, it was really a case of do i go and wear a third uniform for a different bank and do it again um or do i do something different and that was really kind of the 
you know that that having had that experience four years earlier of of moving of my own accord to another institution and proving that I could be successful at at a at a different firm, uh, I think gave me the courage to go do something completely different. In our last couple of minutes here, just give us an insight to the thinking and the mental exercises that you and Elaine had to go through thinking about leaving all these years of corporate. And we're going to go do our own thing now. Yep, yep. Well, it was uh, you know it was it was an interesting time because my uh, our, our our youngest child Alex had uh, had left for for college, so you know we became empty nesters. And then I showed up back at home, having <laughs> having spent most of the prior four years on on the road in in Asia and and Latin America and and around the U.S. with Standard Chartered. Um, we were also we'd been building a house down here in Charleston that was almost. Uh, almost complete and so we were you know we were juggling what do we what do we what do we do we don't have ties to to new jersey um with the with the kids having having moved um and you know it, it was that balancing do we do i go do the same again or should we go try something different and i think we concluded life's too short to to just roll along and that was really kind of the i think one of the tipping points well and that's where we love to get deep Unfortunately, we are out of time. So that means you have to come back next week and so do our listeners to hear the second half and, and sort of how that whole entrepreneurship uh, journey has unfolded. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to, to get to hear that we're on a cliffhanger here, right? We have right. to wait a whole nother week. But uh, Jeremy, thank you again for your time today. Uh, Jeremy Valentin, who is the founder and CEO of JB Southeast Enterprises here in Charleston. We're looking forward to having you back. We're going to hear a lot more about what you guys are doing in the community today and how you've been growing your business. But uh, again, thanks for your time and sharing your story today. All right. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Have a good one. And uh, if you happen to miss any of our previous shows, by the way, just simply go to our website at coastalwm.com. Uh, click on the radio icon and you can hear all of our radio shows over the past four years. Again, tune the dial next Saturday morning here at 730 on 94.3 WSC to listen to the second half of Jeremy's story here on Beyond the Business. And until then, Charleston. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7:30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.